Welcome, and thanks for joining me today on Mortgage Manager Playbook, a podcast for sales leaders who want to improve their team's sales performance and originate more loans. I'm Pat Sherlock, your host. Today's topic is expanding your mortgage origination business throughout the state. I have the perfect expert, Stephen Moy. Stephen is producing manager, sales manager at New American Funding. Previous to that, he was with City Home Loans and other lenders. Stephen has been the top 1% of mortgage originators from 2020, 2021, 2022. Hi, Stephen. My first question, welcome on to our podcast. I want to have you talk about how you got into the world of mortgage lending. I know you were in a rock band, so talk to me about that. Back in 1996, I was planning on a I was studying, I was finishing up at San Diego State, studying to be a, a high, what I thought was going to be a high school social science teacher, and I was working at a grocery store. And I paid my way most of the way to playing in a band called the Redcoats. And basically, we were we played about four to five nights a week around the Southern California area. And we ended up kind of splitting up. The friend of mine, Scott Brown, ended up uh, moving to Orange County and became part of a mortgage company with another uh, mutual college friend and they formed a mortgage company and then in Orange County and then they brought on the bass player for our group and after a couple months he uh, decided to start a branch uh, in San Diego so he could be closer to his son and when I found out how much they were making I was (laughs) like I can I can do that and so I got licensed and this would have been in spring of 96 and in November of 96, I was starting to originate loans and lo and behold, I actually could do this. My uh, first full year, I was the number two originator at my company and I a lot of credit that I give to was working. I, I learned to have empathy and I learned a lot about who my clients were going to be by running the express lane at the grocery store. You know, because I would see like what their what their needs were, kind of you know how important their home was. You would just get a, a you know you I became I developed an awareness and an empathy for you know how important that home is to somebody and how it can change lives. And so when I had an opportunity to be a part of that, I was better prepared than I thought. The other thing is, is that when I got hired, I was uh, hired along with a couple people who had uh, MBAs and we went through a week-long training, something that you and I have talked about off air that the industry needs to to have mm-hmm. a, a, a invest in training. But one of the things that I will always say is that uh, mortgage finance is the liberal arts of economy. Basically, unlike any other financial transaction people do, the most important thing about doing a home is the narrative, telling the story, and because people have more of an emotional connection to their houses than any other thing that they'll buy. And so it's really important when you're uh, trying to help people make the best choices and find the best programs for them is that you you understand the narrative. And then also in any transaction, there's two people you're selling to. There's your client who wants money, but sometimes you have to sell to the underwriter. You have to like you know, people live big, exciting lives and you need to be able to connect the dots in a way that makes sense and are compliant. And so uh, my uh, social science background was surprisingly prepared me for this. 
Well, funny you should say that. That was also similar to my background. So small world to say the least. So talk about your challenge. I mean, you've been in the mortgage space for a while. Obviously, you've seen good and bad markets. What are your current challenges that you saw basically this year? Inventory. San Diego is an interesting market because nationally, mortgage companies like this, you know, see loan officers do about, you know, 70 to 80 percent purchase business in a, as far as like where you should concentrate your efforts in. But in San Diego, it was always 60, uh, you know, the ideal mix was more 60% purchase because you're always going to do more refinances because of the cost of living. But with rates going up uh, over the last 18 months, refis completely went out. And then also we have a lot of inventory in San Diego. We have inventory issues. In fact, in San Diego, and I'm a well-established loan officer with a ton of realtor connections, and I've done uh, in a, a state-of-the-art lead gen system, thanks to my company, and I've done five purchases in San Diego. Now, I've done more in kind of the bedroom counties of San Diego, but there's just not a lot of inventory right now in San Diego, and we don't have the refinance business that we did even, you know, 18 months ago. Well, I think that's a great lead into our topic today, but before we jump to that, let's talk about some of the trends that you think mortgage bankers are not addressing that they should be addressing. I think mortgage uh, bankers need to plus one. So this is a great time to learn a niche or to uh, develop your skills, uh, whether it, I've always had a niche with uh, doing loans for pastors and for doing a lot of non-arms length transactions, family to family, things like that. I have a very good system. And for some reason, between those two entities, you know, it accounts for probably about an extra 12 transactions a year. So this is a good time to maybe learn how to do more asset depletion loans, maybe mm. learn how to do construction loans and, do, and not just learn them, but develop a system so that you can create a, a, a great customer experience on that. I think that that's really important because I think that we, we benefit, you know, that just the knowledge base, I think sometimes the universe rewards you if you're doing something with a joyful heart to make yourself better and you're taking your profession seriously, you get rewarded, at least in my experience I have. Well, I agree with you 100% on that one, and it's all about giving before you get. That's that's a philosophy that's not just true in life, but also in business. Uh, Stephen, talk about your priorities for next year. Well, currently, what I'm doing is I'm going through my uh, database for any loans that are uh, that closed at six and a half or higher. We have a program where we do protection, so if rate protection for the first five years. So if rates are better, we give them an opportunity to refinance. So I'm working with my previous clone database, uh, closed database in order to let them be aware that we, you know, we want to keep their servicing. I've also been concentrating on making people aware of our one-time closed construction product because a lot of times the issue with inventory, it isn't just that there isn't a lack of homes, but people don't want to pay X for something that's not perfect. And so New American Funding has a has a really good construction program. So it's been, uh, that's been something that I've been concentrating on as well as a way of kind of creating more value. 
into that. And then also, I think we're going to see more people that um, with debt consolidation. And so, uh, you know, it's important to kind of keep uh, up on trends about where the equity is and where it is in, in California. Well, I think they're all smart strategies. And I like the fact that you certainly uh, have a niche approach, which I think is really smart from a selling standpoint. And I'm, I think obviously- more as a plus one approach. Okay. You know, I know that I, the way that I, I'm, the way my database is set up, if I was to go into a coma for six months, if someone was to monitor my database, they could probably get two deals a month just in terms of just monitoring my emails yeah. and database and I'm in a coma. And so if I know that I'm, I'm two loans in just being in a coma, then what I have to think about is what are ways to on top of, to build on that, that are outside that realm. And so I, 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 I call it like a plus one strategy. I want to look for, for loans that other people can't do, won't mm-hmm. do and plus one on that. Well, I think that's very smart, and that's obviously why you've been successful for such a long time. So let's move into talking about our main topic today, about expanding your origination business throughout the state. You've already talked about the topic that in your particular area, the inventory is really small. And so talk about this whole issue of why you decided to go throughout the state of California, which is obviously large. Well, I've always had a presence throughout California, even though obviously the the realtor referral thing tends to be more, uh, can be more local, though I I found some strategies that have overcome that for me. Mm -hmm. But it's like dollar cost averaging. Doing a loan in San Diego, uh, it's a great market because purchase prices are are good enough that you don't have to uh, just do jumbo. And obviously, Conventional and government loans are more profitable for the company, and we're able to offer better margins for our clients. But also, but there's not necessarily a, not a lot of new construction, things like that. So being in, like, just north of me, there's Riverside County. Well, there's a lot of building there. That's a good area to be able to develop in. And the thing is, is if you're a good loan officer, it, it, it really is a reliance on making sure that your customer experience is good, that your reviews are honest but favorable, and that you um, you have to over communicate because you know sometimes there you know a lot of times there's an advantage if you can meet with the client in person, but it's less important for loan officers than it is for. Uh, than it is for uh, like realtors to have face-to-face. Um, one of my strategies when um, I do get a, a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm now in a situation where I do get a lot of leads that have nothing that are out of my area and I'll come across someone who doesn't, 60% of those don't have realtors. Now, how do I, con- he or she who controls the lead controls the loan. So how do I maximize that lead so that I maximize future referral relationships. What I've been doing is I'll contact a local realtor in my area who maybe is struggling with inventory issues and stuff like that. And I'll ask them for the referral in say Fresno or San Jose. And I won't, I won't pass, I won't speak to the referred agent until we, the, my, my referring agent 
has a signed uh, referral fee agreement. So the agent that I asked the referral for gets a 25% buyer side commission of the buyer side commission. And now I have two agents to wow because I have two agents to update. You know, the, the referring agent, hey, Sam's under contract. Appreciate that. Bio's going well. You know, and then obviously I'm contacting the agent that's actually working the deal and we're doing our things. But so I basically have developed a system where I get two for one out of that. And obviously, if you control the lead, you control the loan. You you now have you can have a ton of coffee dates with realtors, but you're more likely to you you get the attention of better agents when you have something more than than coffee or lunch to 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 offer. So Stephen, talk about how did so you're you're obviously getting the lead through different marketing efforts that you're doing, and then you're using that to leverage into other part of obviously the state. So is this a social selling media kind of uh, methodology that you're using to get that original to get the bar lead, and then obviously you're you're tapping into the people that you know, or talking about how that actually works for you? My database is very large. And I do a weekly newsletter. Plus, with my CRM, I'm making sure that campaigns are up to date, and I'm I'm and I'm staying up on that. And then New American Funding has a program that we can opt into for leads, and their system is really you know it's really cutting edge as far as getting in touch with the clients. Plus, they have a lot of other uh, ways of kind of leveraging business. So. Um, that part, uh, you know, so opting into the company leads also gives me an advantage in terms of being able to uh, develop relationships with other realtors. And they, they also have a, a realtor referral program that is, uh, that is of great benefit to the client as well. So there's, and obviously, if I use that, now I have a uh, another realtor in my database who's um, had personal experience with my procedures and my technique. And then also I do, I'll do a lot of networking with financial planners, attorneys, and things like that. You, you just have to, you have to do a lot of everything, but you have to do it consistently. It's like uh, when someone does social media and they, they do one post and then they say, oh, I didn't get anything from it. Um, social media sucks. And it's like, you know, it's you have to lay the groundwork. You have to do it consistently, whether you're you're doing social media posts or you're doing, you know, or you're doing a newsletter that goes out or you're doing LinkedIn. And LinkedIn is is a something that I use for building credibility along with a lot of my review sites. So one of the things that I'll do when I do, especially this is especially important when I speak with someone from out of the area is you have to build trust and make them. And so as soon as I'm on the phone with them, I send them my contact information and I send them a link to over 265 five-star reviews. So even if Sam is talking to, you know, he's in a, you know, tiny mountain town where there's one mortgage company, Joe's uh, Oil Change Notary and Mortgage Emporium, I actually, there's actually a city in California in, in, up in Northern California, a little mountain town. And I've actually done more loans than Joe and his oil change mortgage emporium. And it's because Joe takes Saturdays off where I answer the phone. And a lot of times 
all of this only works if you answer the phone and you show up, which I do. Well, that's a smart strategy. There's something to be said for that. So are you someone that uses, let's say, do you conduct like Eventbrite presentations? Or are you doing Facebook live streamings? Or what type of social selling strategies are you doing? I'm doing a lot of reels. We have a really good uh, person here, Raquel Boris, who's been a real mentor with me about that. And there was something that she said, because a lot of times in my, um, if you go on Instagram, you'll see a young, a newer loan officer and they'll really good content. And then you, you look up their production and you're like, how can you be the expert? You've done two loans in the last 14 months. <laughs> but she said something to me and she did a reel about this, but it really resonated with me is that experienced loan officers leave a huge vacuum when we don't share our knowledge. We need to tell our stories about our successes and we can't leave that to the better looking, more technically adept loan officers. So I do do a lot of reels. I do a lot of stuff on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a great way to also build, make people know, like, and trust you because obviously it like, gives your whole resume, but also it scores high in the search engine. So if somebody, if somebody Googles me, they're going to come on my experience.com reviews, 255 star reviews. Google, there's going to be 35 five-star reviews. You're going to see LinkedIn. And they're going to see a lot of uh, information there. And so that helps. And obviously doing the uh, the reels kind of give a sense of my kind of my dry sense of humor. And I've had a lot of success with those, particularly with younger, newer buyers, because my dry sense of humor tends to kind of come off kind of well at that point. And it's not, you know, it's, it's it doesn't come off as try hard. At least that's what the cool kids are telling me. So you know, you got to balance it. Well, I enjoy that myself. So you have a great sense of humor. So when you look at the database, how large is your database? I'm just 5,000 plus. Okay. And so in a given year, how many, what percentage do you add to it? Probably about 400 a year. Yeah. So you're active for sure. Oh, absolutely. Actually, we did a, uh, called the LBC Local Buyer Connect Referral Program. And they asked, I'm, I've been the, the leader in the company for the last four years. And so they, we've been trying to quantify what the multiplier effect of that initial lead was. And the problem is, is a lot of loan officers won't be honest about, if they think there's an incentive, they won't necessarily be honest about how many uh, leads, uh, how many loans an initial lead ended up, whether it's like by referral, going back to a client and stuff like that. But we I actually went through and went through my database and, and did like a diary of this. As you, this was just done yesterday. And on on 200, I think 180 loans that I closed in that program, 60% of them had an, an exponential benefit to the company ecosystem, uh, whether it was a realtor referral, multiple clients, Realtor referring business back to us, things like that. And the thing is, is that that's where sometimes, that's where the database, again, it comes down to the plus ones and stuff. It's amazing the the exponential benefit. But I also think that not, uh, I haven't moved around a lot and that's also had some benefit because people can find you easier, even if it's just they haven't spoke to you for four years, but they type in Steven and then your work email comes, oh, I, you know, as a cookie and like, 
hey, let me reach out to Stephen. That happened this past weekend. Wow. And we're actually doing a loan. Yeah, great. I mean, that's actually smart for sure. And so, Stephen, talk about what well, we have a few minutes left today. Talk about this whole issue. So you would say, obviously, in your own experience that when loan officers talk about, and you're in a basically a high-priced area in San Diego, you, you move to the next territory. In your case, you have all of California. So this whole idea that you can't do business out of another part of the state is really false thinking. What are your thoughts on that? It absolutely is. The thing is, is that if you, you know, having having someone you could sit across the desk face to face, but if they don't listen to you, if they don't offer you options and empathy and a strategy, I mean, the thing is, is that if there, I will tell clients that you may find a loan officer that's as good as me, and there's a lot of good loan officers, but you're not going to find a lot that are actually better than me. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of loan officers who do a lot of production, but that do more production than me. But if they, if we were to be in the same room and talk loans, there wouldn't be, there wouldn't be an Einstein among us. There'd be just a lot of very good, competent uh, loan officers who care about their, their clients. But a lot of people that are in the business don't take it as a just the professionalism and the ability, the, the knowledge that comes from 27 years. So this past Saturday, a, a, a borrower called me Saturday morning. Uh, it was a it was a, a lead that came through, was buying a very large property, and he was in San Diego, and he had some questions. He was a uh, first generation uh, on a visa, you know, very accomplished person, and so I said, well why don't you meet at my office? And so a couple of hours later, he was in my office and I went through just how mortgages are priced, like what his program is, what guidelines we were. We spent a half an hour and, you know, he was still kind of like um, his realtor was pushing him on a, uh, to use another company. And he was like, you were a really nice person. You answered my questions. You know, I'm going to go with you. And so uh, we got the contract yesterday and, it's already with our underwriter. So, you know, just showing up and being present and, and be, sometimes it means being willing to tell the truth, whether it's like, I'm not going to, I can't compete with the builder's concession right now, but I'll be darn sure to mark when your loan closes and I'm going to contact you for the, the refi. I always set my clients up for the next loan when we're closing the first one, you know, the, meaning that there may be opportunity and I, I'm, I want a client for life. Well, that's very smart, and obviously that's why you've been successful for so long. And so I want to thank you for sharing your wisdom today, Stephen, and certainly sharing all of the strategies that you use. And I want to thank our listeners for listening to our podcast, and you certainly can catch up on all our episodes by going to www.patsherlock.com and subscribe. Thanks so much, Stephen, and certainly thank LinkedIn you. with Stephen. Yes, thank I you so much, and uh, I enjoy your LinkedIn posts. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Manager Playbook. You can catch up on all our episodes by subscribing to receive each week a new show. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and team members. If you're looking to increase production, call me to discuss my prospecting sales training program, Ramping Up Realtor Referral Sources. Check out my website, www.patsherlock.com.